Welcome back to the Walking Well podcast. I am your host, Jalon Martz. And this month we have been talking about identity. So week one, I introduced you to myself and talked to you a little bit about the heart behind the podcast. Week two, we talked about knowing your identity in Jesus and just how that really changes the game for you. Week three, which was last week, we talked about racial identity and conforming to standards and ideals and it all sorts of things that don't quite um, reflect who you are and who God made you. And so on the heels of talking about who you are and who God made you, um, we are talking about a subject that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, And I've coined this phrase, and obviously I didn't come up with it because other people use it, but I think I might have a slightly different take on its meaning. Um, But we're talking about self-hate, right? And that can sound like a super downer to start off on or even to end, you know, the talk on identity on, but uh, it's going to get better. It's going to get brighter and hopefully a whole lot lighter and freer. So um, I'll just start off with sort of introducing you to how I came to sort of (laughs) identify the self-hate that I had, you know, going on with me. Um, So I will start and preface this by saying that I spent a good majority of my adolescence early young adult years um, as a shapeshifter. Huh. What does that mean? Well, um, mm, this may be a (laughs) judge me. Um, In the movie Coming to America, one of the girls that Eddie Murphy's character was dealing with or was interested in whatever was like, she had no brain of her own. She was like, whatever ice cream you like is the kind that I like. And that's kind of how I was. Um, I had dealt with body image issues as um, a teenager, you know, early teens and things like that. And God really just progressively delivered me from that. But I didn't realize that I didn't like who I was, um, that I struggled with not being, I, I'm not a soft and sweet girl. You know, I'm not the kind of girl that's like, oh my goodness, puppies. And let me just, I just feel so like, I'm just not soft and sweet. I am sharp. <laughs> I like words. Um, I, I'm pretty straightforward. What you see is what you get. Um, and I used to hate that about myself. You know, I used to struggle with that um, as a teen because I wasn't like, I was like, that's why guys don't like me. It's because I'm not soft and sweet. All the soft and sweet girls get the guys, you know. And so because I am not that, guys run away from me. Um, And so I kind of like stopped having that sort of conversation and talking about it when I was, you know, getting up up there, 18, 19, you know, 20 or whatever. Um, But I had this like encounter where I found myself trying to like fold to be the kind of girl that whatever guy I was interested would like. Like, okay, he's, you know, a reformed apologetic like church planting type of guy well Jalon you need to figure out what reformed theology is and get it get somewhere where they're planting churches you know and I was just constantly shape-shifting and um, laying down my interests for the interests of whoever I was interested in and and at, at some point like the Lord established an identity in me even if I wasn't fully aware of that identity even if I, was, I hadn't fully embraced that identity but it was established in me and I had a bent and I had um 
just natural ways that I was I was created, the way that I thought, the way that I um, my bent, the, my personality, all of those things. I always had them. But for such a long time, I was hopping in and out of that to be whatever I thought I needed to be, um, depending on the guy that I was interested in. Right. Um, but around the time of me getting to college and really, um, really going deeper with the Lord, I think I got pretty settled in who God had made me and found it harder and harder to just pick up and put down who God made me. I pick up and put down my, my natural inclinations, my hard wiring, my personality, like it just got harder and harder. <laughs> and I remember being kind of frustrated because it's like, ah, that's just not who I am, but I'm kind of interested in this guy, but that's just, he's all in these different lanes that I'm not even in. And like, what do I do? And, um, and God was kind of like, Hey, can I ask you a question? And I was like, sure, God, shoot, what you got? You know, what do you, what do you want to know? What do you want to know? And, um, he's like, what's wrong with you? Like, what's wrong with, you know, you liking big words or what's wrong with you really loving rain or what's wrong with you? like really being one of those people that like likes a couple different genres of me like what's wrong with that you know what's wrong with you being 20 however I was like 20 maybe and living at home and feeling this pressure to be farther along in life like what's wrong with where you are and how I've made you in the strategic like lanes that I've, I've placed you in what's wrong with you and that just sort of like I, I couldn't answer it I couldn't I couldn't give him a real reason for and it wasn't even like he was asking for an answer, but it was kind of like this pause. Do you see what you're doing? Do you see this, these conclusions that you're coming to? How are you getting to those conclusions? And I, it was just sort of like this like inception type moment for me where I was like, whoa. And I kind of, I found myself sort of kind of having like saying out loud what my thought process was. And it was just like, well, God, um, I, you know, I'm cool with my external. I think I'm cute or whatever. But when it comes to my essence, the, the, the core of who I am, I don't think it's anything special. I don't think it's anything that anybody would really want. And so it's like, I can just change out the parts whenever it suits me because there's nothing special there. Like there's nothing unique. There's nothing especially desirable. It's just, it's just what you gave me, but it's not anything sparkly or, or, you know, fascinating. It's just what I am. And, and that kind of was like hard to say, but like, whoa, what is going on with me kind of moment, right? Um, and so that really started this process of sitting down with the Lord and sifting through all of that. Like, where did that come from? When did that start? Why do I think that? Um, and I just, I think a lot of us live with that. I think a lot of us don't like who we are. <laughs> like, we we don't. Like, I, I have crazy quirks. There are things that I love that I don't know why I love them. Um, there, there are things that like get on my nerves and there are things that I'm super crazy passionate about. And for a long time, I didn't value those things. I didn't care about those things. And so I didn't guard them. I just tossed them. I was like, well, you don't need that because it's pointless. Like, what is it for? Nobody cares, you know? Um, and because, um, and because this was this kind of, this revelation sort of came to me in, you know, dealing with guys and things like that, um, it really sort of, it colored the way that I interacted with, with guys. It colored the way that I, I approached that, um, and valued myself when it came to those exchanges, you know? Um, but I do believe that a lot of us have these things. We have these things about us that were like, Oh, I wish I was that kind of girl. Oh, I wish I was that kind of woman. Oh, 
Don't I wish I was that kind of mom? You know, I don't like the type of mom that I am. And this is not to say that you can't strive to do better and to do more and to be excellent. But I think there's a foundational love of self that needs to be in place before you ever think about changing or altering or striving for more. Like at, at the base level, you should appreciate and love the way that God has made you. Um, but I want to talk to you about what to do if you don't, you know, like, how do you get from I really do hate this about me to Oh, my gosh, that's so cool. So I'm just going to talk to you about the process that the Lord took me through. For starters, you have to your honesty game has to be like a one. Um, it wasn't until I was able to confess to God, like, actually, I see myself as like this kind of just junk drawer of characteristics and qualities that you gave to me for some odd reason. And because they're nothing especially special, I don't feel any need to keep one or guard it or be like, Hey, you can't come in my junk drawer. Like, and and it wasn't until I was able to say that to God and hear myself say it because there was so, there was totally a release for me when it was like, wow, this is how I see myself. Um, you've got to bring your honesty and you've got to be honest. Um, you you have to. There's so much fruit and honesty with the Lord. And I think a lot of times we're stalled in our walk because we refuse to be honest with God. We we still want to use our fig leaves. We still want to cover up. You know, we still want to hide. We still want to dress up for God in the throne room, even though he sees and knows exactly where we are and where our heart where our hearts are. Um, so you got to bring your honesty. The other thing I will encourage you to have is a pen and a notebook. And here's why. The hugest thing I did and I still do in life for anything, but especially in arriving at self-love was telling God, you know, like, this is how I feel about this. This is how I feel about my sharpness. I feel like my sharpness is like unattractive. Like what kind of guy is going to want a girl that's like me or bold or talkative or, you know, I like big words, like just telling him how I saw myself. Like, this is what I see. This is what it looks like from my, my vantage point, from my perspective. This is where I am. And sometimes it's hard. It's really hard. I was telling, I was talking to a friend who was just talking about all this personal work that she was doing on herself. And we were just talking about how it takes a lot of courage to sit down and be honest and look at where you really are. Um, but you're never going to make progress until you do. And so, you know, you put on your big girl faith panties and you, you, you get after it and you sit down and you go, Lord, this is how this looks to me. And then next, ask him about the things that you hate. Like, I don't like this. How do you see it, though? I don't like this, but how do you see it? Um, and really just listen. Like, And that's why you need your pen and your pad, because God speaks, y'all. God speaks to you. He talks to you. Um, and just write down everything that you hear, because you can hear God. God talks to you. Um, just like he talks to you. And, and trust that he speaks to you and trust his voice because God wants nothing more than for you to hear him. Like he so wants to commune with you. And so he's going to tell you, he's going to tell you like your laugh. I dig it. Like, I love your laugh. Your laugh is great. Um, that little thing where you like, ah, you can't stand disorder. Do you know I gave that to you? I gave it to you because you are going to use that excellence and that orderliness in a bomb.com way. Like, and God is just going to run down the facts for you. He's going to tell you all the things that he loves about you. Like, your hair. Oh my God. I love it. Like he loves your bone structure. My, I, okay. So I have big feet. My feet, I wear size 11 shoes and God is like, I dig your feet. Even though feet are, sometimes people feel like feet are gross, whatever. But God loves every inch of you. There's not one thing that he would change, whether it's externally, internally, he loves you just as you are. He won't leave you as you are, but there are things that there are these, it's like your mold. God gave you your mold for a reason. There is designation in your design and it's important that you know that, that the that the ways that he's created you, the quirks, the bends, the laughs, 
All of those things are so intentional. He gave them to you for for such a time that you will see and will continue to see, right? For such a time as this. But he's got reasons for the way that he made you and they're precious. And so for me, um, I found there were things, that, there's things, like I said, there are things that I love. I love, um, I love rain. Rain's one of my favorite things. Um, I love Need to Breathe. It's a band. Um, I love Johnny Swim, their husband and wife duo. I love Fixer Upper. There are things that I just like. Um, and God delights in those things that I like because he, he gave those things to me. Um, Priscilla Shire, who is amazing, I love her, has a book called um, A Jewel in His Crown. And it's such a phenomenal book. Um, but one of the stories she tells is of a young woman who had like short kind of coarse hair and she had a really kind of specific bone structure and she didn't really like the way that her you know face was shaped and where her cheekbones were and always wanted like a different face <laughs> always wanted different kind of hair and um she wanted to be a missionary and eventually she went to like this remote village to like bring the gospel to these people and she found out that she looked so much like them like she had the same like texture of hair her bone structure was similar her build was similar and it was like oh my gosh jesus this is why you made me like this because it is central to my my purpose and my calling and the same same goes for you same goes for me the way that god has made us the the intentional bends the quirks the things that are like frustrating to you he's given those to you because they are essential to your design they are essential to your your calling they're essential to your purpose and so um, they, they should be protected. They're to be valued. They're to be relished in because God digs them. Like God loves the way that he made you. He thinks it is the best thing ever. And he's just like so stoked and excited about you. Um, I personally have a heart for uncomfortable truth. I have a heart for outcasts. I have a heart for the underdog. Um, I'm just passionate about people that don't have a voice. And, um, and I, I mean, that sounds noble, I guess, just standing alone on its own. Like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, I was tell my sisters, like, if there was ever, like, a three-legged dog that needed to be adopted from, like, the ASPCA or something, I would be the person to go get that dog. Because um, that's just, I just, I have a heart for that kind of stuff. And um, But what's really interesting is, you know, I have a heart for uncomfortable truth, for outcasts, for people that don't have a voice. I have a heart for people and women that feel like they fall outside of um, the typical standard of femininity. Like their their type of femininity is not feminine enough. So, you know, they're not a a woman, you know, or whatever. Um, But, you know, it's really interesting about that. I don't know why those are my passions. I didn't know why they're my passions for a really long time. But it's been so interesting to see my heart and my passions, which I believe are God's heart and God's passions um, for women, for vulnerable populations, for the voiceless come into play in my work in mental health. Like I served in the um, juvenile detention center um, during my internship. And these are this like the girls in there ran the gamut of life experiences. And and, you know, like it just it was just, oh, my gosh, God, that's why I'm passionate about these girls, because you have a heart for them. And here they are, you know, <laughs> here they are. And you sent me to them. And, oh, my goodness. This is so cool. You know, um, and and I've seen that I've seen my passions just serve such a purpose from the detention center to teaching high school students to participating in the beautiful community online. Like I I didn't understand per se specifically why I was passionate about the things that I was passionate about, but it's been so cool to see the Lord go up. Ah, that's why I put you there. Oh, that's why you're passionate about that. Oh, I'm leading and sending you to these people, to these girls, to these women and your heart for them speaks. You are connected to them because you have a heart for them and like trusting that and, and, and trusting it when I didn't understand that that's the way that it was. And then coming to see the fruition and being like, wow, there really is designation in mind design. You really did put this here purposefully. And circling back around to the guy thing, 
I just ho- I wholeheartedly believe that the way that I'm the way that I'm created, the way that God has made me definitely will serve a purpose in marriage, will serve a purpose in my spouse and in the ways that he's sharper or softer, I'll be sharper. You know, we just we'll complement each other. Um, and so it's it's I've come to as God showed me the things that he loved, the things that he appreciated in me, the things that he rejoiced over in me, it made me value those things. It made me cherish those things. You know, it, it made me protective of that woman. It was like, I had to finally make peace with the woman that God had made me and in making peace with her. I became protective of her and, and I valued her. And so in, in exchanges with guys, it's like, are you a good fit? Do we fit? Is it a good fit? Do you, do you see the value in me? Can you appreciate the things that God appreciates in me? Or are you going to be the type of guy that's like, well, this is what I'm into. You need to come over here with me. Um, it's made me protective of the woman that I am, of the woman that God loves, you know, and, and, and in that self-hate is banished. And granted, every now and then I'll find myself slipping into old habits where it's like, oh, I'm not a good conversationalist or, you know, talking bad about something that I can work on or get better at. Um, but I, I, I try to be mindful of not knocking the product, of not saying, oh, God, why didn't you make me to be good at the fun? Like sometimes I say I'm not, I'm not good at the fun when it comes to like planning events and things. Why don't you why don't I know how to make the fun? Why don't I know how to decorate Jesus? Like I'm not I'm not artsy in that way. And that's frustrating sometimes. But um saying, God, you did make me with these gifts. You did make me with these talents. And I'm surrounded by other people that are good at the things that I'm not. And so the body is completed. (laughs) You know, I'm not necessarily a hand. Somebody else can be the hand and I'll be the foot and we'll work it out. Um, But to come to a place of seeing myself as God sees me has been so freeing and so awesome. And, and it's peace. Like I, the scriptures talk about um, peace, peace, inner and outer. And it's like I have inner and outer peace with myself. I, I have made peace with the way that God has made me. And I've made peace well, with the way that God has made me externally. And I've made peace with the way that God has made me internally, the essence of who I am. And I wish nothing less than that for you. I, In the ways that you are like, oh, I wish I was more like, no, celebrate who you are. Get before the Lord and hear what he has to say about those things that you're like rolling your eyes over. Because God loves those things and he rejoices in them. And he's given them to you for such a time as this, for the the span of your life to serve others, to love others well. Um, and he rejoices over you. He sings over you. So um, that's all that I have <laughs> for our last little talk on identity. Be sure to come back next week. We are going to start a whole new series on loving your body. It should be a great time, right? Because who hasn't struggled with body issues before? Um, but I'm really hoping that I get to bring on the awesome, amazing women that I know in my life that have experienced victory and body love and exercise and overcoming um, all sorts of stuff. So don't miss it. It's going to be awesome. I'll see you guys next week.